G'day, humans. Willkommen. Bienvenue. Welcome to part two, part deux of Tim Minchin, uh, writer, comedian, performer, musician extraordinaire, uh, perhaps one of the greatest, at least the quirkiest and the most interesting that Australia has ever produced. I introduced him in the first portion of this episode released last week, so I won't do it again. Suffice it to say that this is a recording a couple of years old now of just before Christmas 2018 when I, as a relative newcomer back to my homeland of Australia, gathered a sold-out crowd together in the giant dwarf theatre, that cathedral to all things creative, and regaled them with a conversation with Tim Minchin and including a musical performance, which you'll get to enjoy. If you haven't heard the first section of this, I suggest you go back to the immediately previous episode and listen to that first. Enjoy the continuation of my uncomfortable conversation with the one and only Tim Minchin. I have a tiny rant, please. That's why they're here. You I want to hear a tiny rant. And I don't know if I'm right. And and I, so, so part of this is just such fucking privileged white man talk. But you know, someone's got to do it. Uh, <laughs> if you get rid of all the privileged white men, you'll have a lot of voices, but not the privileged white men voices. And uh, anyway, fuck. Um, <laughs> There's been a lot of privileged white men who've done good stuff, but probably more who've done bad. But so part of progressive. Can I just is, note that the fact that it's necessary to preface it with that is shitty? It's a bit weird. Anyway, yeah. no, it's, I don't know. It's, maybe it's fine. And I, I'm not. It's, fuck, it's fine. Like, I, I'm the one with the fucking. Just microphone. say your point. I'm Nobody not, cares. I'm not Nobody's complaining. Nobody's judging if you're being a straight white man. Um, the, um, I think there's something about what we've done in progressivism which is right which is correct i mean which is that we go one person's no better than another person but there's some logical step we take that says that has slightly said an educated person is not better than an uneducated person now that's true there's absolutely no doubt that that an educated person is not better than an uneducated person and obviously there's all different types of education and all that's true and important to acknowledge. But the goal should still be to educate everyone as much as possible, I think. I remember when we wrote Matilda, we got very nice reviews, but there was a panel show and a woman said she didn't like it because the Wormwoods mocked the average working class family that had microwave dinners and they watched TV all the time. She said, I have microwave dinners and in the evenings I'm too tired to read books. I watch the Kardashians and stuff and they're judging me for it. And I'm like, yep, we're judging you for it. Like, I'm not stopping you doing it, but you should turn off the Kardashians and read a book. You should, you should. I'm not saying you must or that you're a worse person, but you should. When I watch bad TV, I go, ah, should have read a fucking book. I still think we should aspire wherever we come from. We used to aspire above every, you would put everything into hoping your kid gets a chance to get educated. And now I fear that this, this crazy focus on all this bullshit is slightly an outcome. I'm going to make a fool of myself because I haven't thought this, this through, but it's slightly an outcome of the fact that we're so like, ah, you know, I, I don't think anyone in this room 
should know who Kim Kardashian is and not know what Isaac Newton did. I don't think anyone should do that. I think it's a moral imperative to know who the fucking people who changed our world, who Marie Curie is, before you know who Kim Kardashian is. And I think you should be allowed to say that. And, and you are allowed to say it. Here I am saying it. But if we don't go, no, that's gross. That shit is gross. You shouldn't have ever watched Donald Trump on TV because he dumbed you down. Don't ever buy a gossip magazine. It's nothing to fucking do with you. Don't feed those people selling that shit. Don't watch the Kardashians. They have nothing to teach you. Spend your time doing better stuff, objectively better stuff for your mind and for humanity. Don't, don't go, oh, let's just rejoice. Everyone's different. You know, I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't get told that I should read about Newton. That's why I'm watching. I'm telling you, read about Newton, not the Kardashians, you know. So if we live in a world where everyone celebrates, ah, well, I just love the Kardashians, it's just a bit of fun, then of course we're going to spend our whole time talking about fucking Trump. Because we're like, celebrity, there is no demarcation between gossiping and talking about the fucking world. Mm. It, it's become, it seems to me we are saying there's no value difference between self-education and indulging our basest instinct to care about what the tits of someone is you know like ah tits are plural ah <laughs> so anyway that's my little rant i think i think we have fallen on a time where pop culture being oh i just love pop culture no fuck pop culture just fuck it it's gross don't let your kids watch and that I think, shit. Uh, uh, and then i think that's that's partly fed into by the concern I'm that we pop were culture. The, the, yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> says Australia's most popular cultural lecture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for different reasons, Tim, which is why we love you. Yeah, no, uh, no, I think no, of course it's an absurd rant. No, no, I think it's, but I think it's valid also because it feeds back into the concerns that we were raising earlier about devices and social media and how you were saying it's bad for people. Because if you are acculturated into an expectation that all, that what you're going to get are constant pings of juicy little stories mm -hmm. that give you a nice little dopamine hit in your head because you get to find out what Kim said to Chloe uh, this, this morning. Who's Chloe? Another Kardashian, obviously. <laughs> oh. Keep up with your Kardashians. Uh, then, you know, then I, I do think that that impedes your ability to read Tolstoy. Yeah. Right? Can, can so, you read Tolstoy? Fuck no. I watch the Kardashians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean we're not doing ourselves any favours in terms of the things that we focus on uh, by shortening our attention spans and expecting no. immediate gratification and, and, and as if I need to say this I do all this shit all the time but I aspire not to and mm. I just want to encourage us all to aspire to eat less sweets culturally <laughs> you know like uh, I eat shit food mm. but mostly I'm like come on Tim you can do better than this and I think if we're watching the Kardashians we should turn it off and go that was fun but come on mm. I'm going to I'm going to now go have some I'm gonna cultural broccoli go. I'm going to go try and read a Vonnegut <laughs> I'm going to now go and loudly judge everybody else who did what I just did <laughs> that's exactly right yeah <laughs> well whatever uh, but let's not let's not stop aspiring Yes. You know. Yes. Oh. Uh, let's, uh, this is our Christmas episode of We The People Live. And so uh, while I was, I've lived in New York for the past dozen years and I, on many occasions uh, at Christmas time, uh, amid the snow and the cold and the twinkly lights, would, uh, would gaze wistfully at my deep brown southern land and wish that I were in the sunshine for Christmas and with South my family. Africa. <laughs> so I was wondering if you would do us the honour of, uh, of playing a little, uh, a little Christmas song Sure, sure uh, By the name of White Wine 
in the sun. I haven't played this since I moved home, so it won't make me sad anymore. <laughs> and I also might forget the lyrics. I really like Christmas It's sentimental, I know But I just really like it I am hardly religious I'd rather hang with Dick Dawkins than Cardinal Pell, to be honest. And yes, I have all of the usual objections to consumerism, to the commercialization of an ancient religion, to the westernization of a dead Palestinian press ganged into selling PlayStations and beer. But I still really like it I'm looking forward to Christmas Though I'm not expecting A visit from Jesus I'll be seeing my dad Brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I don't go in for ancient wisdom I don't believe just cause ideas are tenacious It means that they're worthy I get freaked out by churches Some of the hymns that they sing have nice chords But the lyrics are dodgy And yes, I have all of the usual objections To the miseducation of children Who in tax-exempt institutions are taught to externalize blame and to feel ashamed and to judge things as plain right or wrong but I quite like the songs I'm not expecting big presents the old combination of socks, jocks and chocolates is just fine by me Cause I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad my brother and sisters, my gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine in the sun And you, my baby girl My jet-lagged infant daughter You'll be handed round the room Like a puppy 
got a primary school and you won't understand but you will learn someday that wherever you are and whatever you face these are the people who make you feel safe in this world my sweet blue-eyed girl and if my baby girl when you're 21 or 31 and Christmas comes around and you find yourself 9,000 miles from home you'll know what ever comes your brothers and sisters and me and your mom will be waiting for you in the sun drinking white wine in the sun darling when christmas comes we'll be waiting for you in the sun drinking white wine in the sun waiting for you in the sun darling whenever you come we'll be waiting for you in the sun It's sentimental, I know Oh, is that my wine? Fuck <laughs> There you go All the cups are on the ground now <laughs> Excellent that's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I told you you were an octopus, knocking yeah, over every glass an, on stage. An octopus. That was wonderful. That was wonderful, sir. There's I said octopus. <laughs> I'm an octopus. That's really fucking comedy's hard. No, there, that's so. great. People expect a lot. Octopus yeah. is strong. Pun. No puns are the finest form of humour, Tim. <laughs> Uh, if anyone wants to ask some questions uh, in the final minutes that we have, then, uh, then feel free to pop over to the microphone over there. And if you're over this side, then just pop up your hand and Jake will come to you, uh, probably exhibiting some kind of implicit bias against your race or gender. <laughs> Sir, hello. Hi. I have a question for many people that are trying to go into the creative arts. If there was some kind of art colony that used anarchist philosophy to emancipate people from family, culture, capital, to produce more people like Tim Minchin, would that be good for society or not? That's a good question, isn't it? <laughs> Did um, you understand that one? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you sort of hold your ethical position. It's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it, that you, you hold... And it, uh, this will be long, so you can, uh, I worry about your standing. Um, I, 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 you know, your, 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 your tacit assumption of your ethical positions in life is that the world would be better if more people thought like me, isn't it? Well, isn't I don't it? think that about you. I think that about me. Yeah. It's a funny thing that you go... That, 
It seems so absurd to say I think the world would be a better place if more people thought like me, but that is implicit in the idea of having a set of values, is that you think it's scalable. So I think, I, I strive to, um, to be a person who finds a balance between passion and empathy and careful critical thinking to make moral assessments of behavior and act accordingly right i think that'd be good if people did that i also have a carbon footprint that you just want to fucking kill me for <laughs> um and i'm sure i do a whole lot of shit that's wrong i mean i, I try to pay all my tax and give a bit away i try and act well but so so i guess it'd be better have lots of me's than a bunch of fucking hedge fund operators i mean yeah although i'm sure they do something good um <laughs> fund hedges um but i don't necessarily think the world i don't necessarily think the world needs more artists i think the world needs everyone to consume art i think art's a good form of communication and and certainly uh, there's correlations between music and art and schools and, and good general educational outcomes and stuff. And certainly I think um, one of the things that less privileged people, a access to art, I mean the, some of the charities I'm connected to are all about making sure people who don't have access to art. Obviously I believe that art's good, but I don't necessarily think everyone should be a fucking artist. I also know a lot of artists, and I think some of them should like, go and be teachers or do something else. You know. <laughs> Um, I don't think, uh, I, I definitely don't think the world needs more of me because I, I'm, doing, I'm doing this job. I've managed to carve out a, a little you're, you're just, job where only I get to do it and everyone else can fuck off. Someone just shouted boo. So you actually got heckled for being insufficiently enthusiastic about yourself. About cloning. Yeah, that's right. They actually like you better than you yeah. do. Uh, I, I think I actually am very passionate about and want to try and, again, if anyone listening knows where we're at with this in Australia because I've only just moved back, I would like in the future to be a part of making sure that critical thinking is one of the main things year eights and nines do. That's just my sort of instinct. Mm. It's about the right time. I reckon we should be teaching critical thinking. Yes, if you could actually come out of high school having learned about uh, how the media works and how a logical argument gets formed and how to analyse whether or not an argument that's being made by, yeah. other, by people in public yeah. is logically coherent, that would help. I, I feel like we're, we're behind. I feel like that's all that fucking matters. You don't need to know when the first fleet arrived in Australia. You need to know whether the website you're reading that says the first fleet arrived in Australia in 1788 has got the fucking date right. Yeah. You need to know what truth looks like and how to s fact check it and then how to find out that it was um, an invasion, not a settling. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I mean, how, how, to, how to figure out what good information is is more important than the information now because we have the information. And I'm, mm. I'm sure in 20 years, I hope our education system looks more like an a ancient Greek one where you're learning... Um, discourse and rhetoric and mm. logic. What questions to ask? How to what probe question? an argument? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. One more question. Yeah. Oh, is, is that on? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually very interesting uh, because what I was going to say is what you were saying earlier with the education being educated is better than not. It's to me it feels more like it's like 
that we should be allowed to say that an informed opinion is better than an uninformed opinion and yeah, people fight right. for that, like that their right to have an uninformed opinion, which I yeah. don't understand. But That's right, expertise yeah. is better than non-expertise in any given discussion. Yes. I think that's a much better, less um, inflammatory way of putting uh, yeah, it. Yeah, possibly I, less... I, uh, I think uh, it would uh, be better if you knew your shit than not knowing your shit in this discussion about shit. Yes. Um... So feel free to use that. Uh, Thank but, you. Thank no, you. But oh, <laughs> that that was <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the that was the conversational equivalent of just going copyright. Uh, no. <laughs> the, my question was actually about what you were saying about like that the U.S. the American conspiracyism. I wanted to know what else you think about why America is the way they is in in so many ways like why they they have a very different cultural that's not just them it's it's kind of nearly every other culture in the world is not as insular and self-serving and me first as the way that that culture has developed and having lived there i know that there's just so much about the mindset that's different and this is like a total creative side note but i feel like that's also one of the reasons that Groundhog Day wasn't received in America when it was in the UK. And I, I, I saw it, but I loved it, but I'm Australian. So it's... Yeah. it's I'm just I love you. I love you so much yeah, on, um, every, on every level. I have, an, I have a friend in New York who saw it seven times, including, including on the closing night. So, oh, yeah, good. she's very she's sad. very sensible. Sad about person. it all the time, but... <laughs> seven times is how many times you need to see Groundhog Day the Musical to get it. Um, <laughs> that's that's yeah. almost $900 worth of tickets. But yeah, you actually need to see it every, every day in a row yeah. so that your life becomes a kind of Groundhog yeah, Day. That's true. Uh, I think, we, t- I think we, get, we get that question, so, yeah. but we just have to also move on. But yes, yeah. the question is basically about yeah, why are Americans out, crazy. Yeah, basically, outside of that religious aspect, why is America... Yeah, yeah. why is America nuts? I, I don't know, and I'm not sure they're more nuts than Saudi Arabia. I'd say they're not. I'd say um, it's an amazing country. Uh, what is amazing about it was taken from... The, the trouble is their ownership over everything great about them and the notion that they're great and that military might translates to greatness. And, but it's just so complicated and deep in a way that I don't understand at all. But their origin story, their slavery story, the manner in which their populations intermingled, the origin story of the religiosity, um, the... the um, the massive focus on um, the story of themselves, uh, patriotism and the constitution as a sacred document and, and their old leaders as godlike figures, which comes back to our other thing. I think it's, um, it's a country that wants desperately to keep planting flags in the ground and saluting to its greatness and it's just not fucking appropriate anymore. And I, I think, but, but the main thing you have to say about America is there is no America. It's, it might as well be a hundred countries. And the trouble is they keep trying to tell the story of their national identity to keep themselves cohesive, but it's, it's just not. It's just such different people. Um, and so, yeah, I would. I just want to move the show along, but I would second that, having lived there for a dozen years, uh, and just remind Australians that it's hard for us, it, it coming from a country with 
uh, not very many people to understand that you know the U.S. has this you know almost the same population as the entire European Union, and in some respects. Seattle is as different from the Deep South, which is as different from Silicon Valley, which is as different from Manhattan, which is as different from rural Maine South as Dakota. <laughs> yeah, as as uh, Brussels is from uh, Naples, and um, so we we kind of uh, we generalize about them a little bit. But what we're normally talking about is a kind of isolationist rump that might represent twenty or thirty percent of the country, and you can find twenty or thirty percent of Australia that seems pretty pretty batshit crazy yeah, if that was all you focused yeah. on as well. Um, uh, we end every show with uh, something I like to call first date questions, where I go on a first date with the guest, and uh, and the bonus content is that I ask our guest, and Tim doesn't know about this, some qu- some questions that you might want to ask a person on a first date. It's a rapid fire round, Tim. No, this is going to be difficult for you to answer very quickly. Jake, can you get me a glass of wine <laughs> from the change? <laughs> some flowers. Okay, I don't do rapid fire, but you watch okay. me do rapid fire. Here we go. Uh, if you had to live full time in a in a caravan or in a sailboat, uh, which one? Caravan. Why? Because you're less uh, at the whim of the gods. Okay. <laughs> uh, when when you were a kid, what seemed like the best thing about being a grown up? Uh, being able to stay up late. Mm-hmm. Best road trip you've been on? Driving Perth to Melbourne just after we got married in 2002. Did you stop along the way? Many times. Mm. It's a long a way. <laughs> it's a long way, but there's not a lot between it. Oh, so good. Have you done it? I have, yeah. yeah it's so well, beautiful. no, not to Melbourne, but to Sydney, which no, is even further. So it's beautiful. I sort of win that little competition. <laughs> I'm going to try and do it with my two kids next year. Really? In fact, yes, I booked the first caravan park this afternoon. Sorry, Sarah, oh. did I tell you that? I booked a caravan park. <laughs> I could only get an unpowered site. Yeah. What he hasn't told you is that you're going to spend the rest of your life living in, in a, a caravan because it's not a sailboat, so he's like, I'm going to do it. Um, if you could send one letter to yourself in the past, what age would you choose and what would you say? I would say I'd send a letter to myself at 42, 18 months ago, and say, you'll be fine next year. (laughs) That's sweet. (laughs) Uh, What's a cheesy song that you like? Uh, Oh, I Will Survive. (laughs) (laughs) I like... I like a lot of cheesy songs, especially if you include jazz, you know, jazz standards. Some people find them cheesy, but they're the greatest songs ever. Well, go on, show us a jazz standard. No, well, I can do both, because what, what's this? It's all, it's all the same old shit. Copyright. Uh, what song has the best name? Not the best song, just a good name. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody is a pretty good it's name. A, it's a good one. Because it's not in the, it's what it fucking is though. <laughs> sort of. He was all right, wasn't he, Freddie? He could play. Oh, he was the, he was the he best. He could sing. He was great. Uh, have you seen, uh, by the way, I'm sure you have, the, uh, the acapella or heard the acapella version, which is just his vocal track 
of doing I can't even remember what, yeah, the, as what the song is Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't no, it no no, took I think all the no I think does anyone know Somebody oh, love. It's somebody love. It's just incredible. In fact, I'm going yeah. to insert a little piece of it into the into the podcast right here. I work till I ache my bones at the end. I take home my heart and pray all on my own. I go down to my knees and I start to pray till the tears run down from my eyes. Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? There we go. Wasn't that great? The incredible thing is he could insert more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like magic. I could insert like some huge Nazi tirade and then it would just be associated with us forever. Uh, If you had to choose between having an incredibly fast car or incredibly fast internet speed for the rest of your life, which would it be? Internet speed. I can order me a car. I've got loads of money. (laughs) (laughs) Or I could drive my fast car to an internet shop and get me some fast internet. I'll get them both. You could. You could. I do like the idea of you surfing your incredibly fast internet for the fastest possible car in the fastest possible time. Have it delivered immediately. Just to annoy you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, what's What's a good saying? What's a saying you like? So it goes. That's a good one. Bit short. It's a lot of house fire. What's the hardest you've worked for something? I, uh, I, I guess to be able to play the piano like I play took a lot a long time, but I don't know. No, That's I not work, is it? No, it wasn't work. I didn't practice. I just fucked around. Um, um, not that I'm very good, but I'm uh, I'm good to an extent that I really yeah, like. Yeah, pretty playing. shit. Um, uh, what's the hardest I work for? Something? I don't know. Do you, do you know what? To lose the five kilos I lost for this fucking TV show. Really? Yeah, not eating is the hardest thing. I, uh, <laughs> not eating and drinking is the hardest thing I do in my life. Yeah. yeah. It's so annoying. I mean, it's obviously hard for everybody because how many people do you know who don't want to lose five kilos? It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a very many. Bitch. Uh, yeah. If you could change one law, what law would you change? I don't know about that. I, you know, in Australia, obviously, I would get rid of blasphemy laws in, in Asia and the Middle East. I think that'd be good. I think you shouldn't be allowed to kill someone for not believing in Muhammad. Seems like a good idea. Most of the bad shit happens sort of in and around the laws, though, doesn't it? What, what about you? I'd like to know your answer to that one. Well, I hadn't thought about it because I wasn't going to be the target of this particular... <laughs> We're both on this date, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get a blowjob by sidestepping. <laughs> you are. <laughs> what kind of a crazy misogynistic date would this be if I just had, if I had a folder and I was just peppering my date with questions? I refuse to answer any. You will answer mine, Tim. Uh, no, a law, that I w- a law that I would change, I was talking uh, the day before yesterday to the roads minister, uh, Melinda Pavey, about this new... They've got these uh, cameras that are going to snap you as you drive along and they can see whether or not you've got a, f- a mobile phone oh, in your hand so and, they'll, and the artificial intelligence will just send you a fine without a person even having to look at it. So I was asking, like, is it... What if you're, like, eating a sandwich... A phone-shaped sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Or, or what if the phone's on the, on the seat next to you? And like, so I was... Me at yeah. Culpa. Little story. I was waiting to turn right off of Victoria Road. 
and I know how long the lights take there. It was a red light and there was a lot of traffic and I was going to be stuck there. The lights had just gone red so I knew it was going to be at least four minutes time. I put the car into park. My phone's on the passenger seat next to me. It buzzes. It's my partner. What time are you going to be home? I look over at it. I pick it up. There's a wrap on the window next to me and there's a cop on a motorbike sitting right next to me just watching me and as soon as I touch the phone, he gets me to pull over. Three points, $330. In park. In park. Right. So I still think killing atheists in Pakistan's worse. <laughs> Although I think I think that's terrible. I feel for you. No. I feel for you. No. no. You don't understand, Tim. But you weren't beheaded, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but it's bad. It was so, bad. <laughs> Scary too, right there you say Right there Right there Right there It's just talking to your partner And he's got a helmet on, he's totally. got a camera on He says he's filming me Yeah It's very traumatising Yeah Anywho, so I'm talking to, <laughs> talking to the roads minister And then she says, actually, it is illegal to eat a sandwich And I said, really? Not so in then, general, in a car. In a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You keep going. Don't yeah. stop eating sandwiches. Josh, <laughs> yes, no, you have a responsibility no. to yes, act. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And if anyone's eating a sandwich here right now, don't worry. It's no, completely that's fucked up. permissible. Do it's too hot for sandwiches. <laughs> this is way too Are hot you for sandwiches. Mad? Yes. Cucumber. Some kind Perfect. of an iced, an iced beverage. Uh, and so then uh, yesterday I spoke to the road safety expert czar person emperor guy at the uh, uh, the roads and maritime service or whatever they and so he said if you have your phone on the seat next to you you can't even be nav you can't have a navigation map app open on the seat next to you and I said can you have a street directory open and he said yes that's fine. Mm -hmm. I said, so you can look down at the seat next to you at a street directory, but you can't look down at the seat next to you if the street directory is on a digital device. And he said, what, yes, what that's the law I'd change. I think that's, I think, blowjob, blowjob. Blowjob? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Uh, all right, I think that means that we're, the show is over, ladies and gentlemen. I've got better places to be. What are these other be? ones? It's so exciting. Everyone mm. wants to go to the bar. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for doing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please thank the one and only Tim Lynch. Josh Epps, Josh Epps, Josh Epps.